0: hey everybody this is zach it's the (laughs) re-reanimator hi richard (laughs) um so today uh we're going to be talking about army of the dead a uh 2021 film from mr Zack snyder um but first why don't we uh talk about some of the things we've been been doing um I know you have your baby, so I know that 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 uh, curbs your. Don't yeah. worry, Zach.
1: I got a baby on the way for you. <laughs> sending it, I'm overnighting it in the mail because that's. I mean, that's obviously the responsible way to do it. You don't want. To oh be
0: yeah, in yeah. You just a punch a hole, for... few few holes in the lid, and I'm yeah. sure it's fine.
1: You can't do several days, but overnight, like they take yeah, care it's of their fine. packages.
2: <laughs>
0: um. Well, yeah, I guess I can I can start off. Um, I, I wrapped up three shows that had been Shut started up. at various points. Shut uh, up!
1: Shut <laughs> up! <that. laughs> um, I took up a couple new hobbies, and uh, you know, I sat around yesterday. I didn't do anything. I just stared <laughs> at a wall. Uh, I needed that. <sighs> ah, okay. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I got current with uh, Better Call Saul, um, mm. which you've recommended to me before. It's funny, the, the first season, I dropped out of the first season, and then I picked it back up. And, yeah, I just cut through season two through, what, I guess four? Whatever's on mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, yeah. And, yeah, no, it's it's surprisingly really, really good. I, I would honestly say that I find it more enjoyable than Breaking Bad but that's mm-hmm. probably because it's not as heartbreaking as Breaking Bad <laughs> yeah
1: Breaking Bad is uh painful to watch but like you can't look away yeah um, yeah like well, watching your mom mom get like stepped on by an elephant yeah. it's horrific but like you're just you're in oh my gosh I guess I'm here for this
0: yeah yeah well like the uh, the the thing with Better Call Saul um it, you know, Bob Odenkirk, uh, is, is fantastic in it as Saul Goodman, um, yeah. which it's funny. He doesn't really stumble upon, um, the, the name until I think like season two, like he's just Jimmy yeah. <laughs> through, through most of it and through his, his, uh, personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how they show that. Oh yeah, no, this guy—he's always been just a piece of shit scam artist. Yeah, <laughs> Saul is not like a unique creation. He's—he's he's just you know, he's the guy that sells, sells stolen burner phones to criminals and uh-huh. pulls insurance scams.
1: I um, mean, yeah, yeah. In fairness, though, like there's a couple points where like he could have turned it around. Like, I think one of them, the biggest one is uh, his friend, um, spoilers for a show that we're talking about multiple seasons for, um, yeah. where his friend, you know, dies um, and has like that heart attack Yeah, uh, when they're like scamming people. And like, it's like, this was like the greatest moment of my life. You know, the dude saying is like, I'm so happy you're back. And he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> and that like cements. Like, oh well, I guess I guess I'm gonna keep on doing this almost like in honor of his memory. Yeah. So But yeah. He does later on in this show, he's he's just like, Listen, like this is this is who I am. Um you know, I keep on trying to deny it, but like I'm good at this. Yeah. And then like his his brother's death as well.
0: Um, yeah, so. yeah. Michael McKean is uh, is a really interesting character. I have never heard of the thing that he apparently has or, or apparently does not have, which is proven in a very, um, the, the, the electromagnetic sensitivity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard of like kooks who are people with different mental conditions. I just shouldn't say kooks, but yeah, um, who have aversions, things of that nature um yep yeah
0: yeah it's it's an interesting show i uh i I definitely recommend it to people um i would say give it past the first season because the first season i think is kind of short um Mm -hmm. and there's a whole lot of sections in the first season where i'm just like how does this tie like are they just are they making a sequel a secret sequel series Mm -hmm. that Um, it, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, but then season two actually really picks up. Um,
2: yeah.
0: I um I also finished because I saw that Netflix, uh, declined to renew it for a second season. Um, I think it's hilarious. It's way better than than Rick and Morty, is a, a show that they put out called Inside Job, where it's mm-hmm. it follows a person who works at a conspiracy company where where they kind of they're kind of men in black but they're also kind of working for like the shadow government right mm-hmm. um and it's it's funny the the conspiracies that they they like lightly touch on but they're there are competing companies uh in this this universe that they've created where like the illuminati are a group there and it's it's headed by like um jay-z beyonce lin-manuel miranda weirdly Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, uh it's it's a very tightly and and tightly written show that is also funny it's got christian slater in it weirdly is one of the characters Mm um he used to run the 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 company i forget it's it's like incognito inc or cognito inc um where they they manufacture conspiracies <laughs> um, so it it combines two of the things that i like which is weirdo crackpot conspiracies <laughs> and and also kind of you know irreverent um uh animated adult cartoon yeah um you know it's it's a fairly unique Show like there's there's only eighteen episodes. It's real quick to cut through, um, if you just need something on in the background, um. So yeah, I I definitely recommend that. And the last thing, uh, is the Dahmer show that we we uh cut through
2: with. The oh, you and
1: your movie. wife watch yeah. that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's okay. okay.
0: Um, it's, I will say it's, 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 so, so like there's a tight route you, you have to walk when you're dealing with someone who, um, was a serial killer because you don't want to end up making them sympathetic by presenting, well, here's the things that happened. Um, mm mm-hmm. and they they kind of fail on that front like they they i won't say that they glorify him in the way same way that um like zach efron playing ted bundy is glorified and in that that version of that serial Mm -hmm. killer um they 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 glide over certain certain aspects of things that he did to, to obviously to make it more more appealing i guess narratively um and also mm-hmm. you know th- there are still living uh family members of victims of his which are horrific or i i would imagine would be a horrific experience to constantly like have to have this shoved in your face
1: Um well, i see somebody who wins an award for portraying the person that murdered your family member yeah like, if I think about that in, like, the current context, you know, if yeah. someone murdered my family member and then their story was glorified and they won an award for portraying that person, mm-hmm. I think it, it's really hard, to because the distance is so short. Yeah. Like, because you're dealing with something contemporary. Like, oh, yeah. uh, if you have you know um, Attila the Hun you know he yeah. murdered raped and pillaged and etc uh, an untold number of people him and his forces yeah. but the level of distance that we have with that and making a story about him is a bit more you know
0: yeah there's, um, there's even not... even in that
1: case like if you if you like had a group of people that were like wiped out or like they used to have a country and it was like a historical thing for them. There'd still be some necessary, you know, n- nuance you'd have to take. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, um, it, you know, it's, it's really weird. One of the things, maybe I, I just missed it. Um, when they were, when they get to the trial section. Um, mm hmm. But I, because I, I have a, um, you know, a, an, an interest in, in true crime stuff, um, mm-hmm. not like to a crazy extent, because there are a lot of people that like try to sleuth on things that it's just like, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to do that. But mm-hmm. um, is there was a lot of talk, especially online about how. The, the show is fundamentally like racist um, and this, that and the other. And like looking, you know predominantly people of color were his targeted victims. Um,
2: oh. One of the things mm.
0: that I don't I don't remember them bringing up in the show um, and, and maybe they did and I missed it. But I want to say in real life when the FBI was prosecuting, the case Mm -hmm. one of the things they looked at was whether they could charge him with hate crimes Mm -hmm. and ultimately they decided not because his reasoning for doing it was um out of a sense of like uh collecting like specific like body parts that he was infatuated with that met certain dimensions or whatever um or like certain structural components, like a rib cage that was that was like bent at a certain degree or whatever. Um, Jesus. And like they had to go through the forensics and go, nope, yeah, he's right. There's there's a variance of about one one degree in all of these, which is like not not enough uh, <laughs> evidence to charge him with hate crimes. On top of it, like he's just an insane serial murderer. Yeah, um, he just had a specific kink it, it wasn't like targeted in any way <laughs> other than mm-hmm. people with this specific physical uh, structure which I, I know is a nitpick but you know um, it's something they, they could have brought up in the show um, especially if they're going to go to the, the lengths of having having people um, who were testifying Uh, as as witnesses um mimic the testimony that they were giving right Mm -hmm. to to, like i don't understand that need to like immerse people like i I feel like that there were weird production um targets that they were doing for this show because Mm -hmm. like if if you just want to tell a story like yeah maybe the murders should be at least similar to what what happened right Mm -hmm. so you can kind of underscore how how horrific they were but like capturing the testimony of someone whose brother was murdered and them like trying to attack him in the courtroom like because we have footage you know that actor was specifically told you need to do these steps Right, to, 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 to uh, replicate this testimony and in this mm-hmm. incident that happened in court. And it's like, I, I don't know if replicating the grief that someone is going through and the actions they take is 100% necessary. Like, I can see that being a point in the this is traumatic and maybe we shouldn't do this category. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, but, you know, it's Ryan Murphy. They're, they're not going to tell Ryan Murphy he can't do something a certain way <laughs> if that's the way he wants to go. You
1: know. yeah um, it's uh, I'd say f- for the whole premise of the show yeah other than all like the the nuanced issues and takes and some of the obviously I can tell a little bit of a trepidation in engaging with the subject because yeah. it is it is a very sensitive subject oh yeah I won't begrudge anyone their interests uh, but I've never been a true crime fan or like a serial killer yeah oh my gosh tell me how many pieces did they chop them in yeah Um, that gets
0: to a weird degree
1: (laughs) yeah and I, i think it's it's like it's it captures um the little bit of especially when you have like a like a true crime devotee like, into the nitty-gritty detail. Like, there's what gets popularized and put out in, like, you know, like a court TV, you know, yeah. um, channel. Um, and then there's, like, an additional layer that you can go into it, too. Yeah. You know, online and finding other people. Um, and I don't know if there's, like, a like a Roman Coliseum, like, body horror attraction to it. Because when I watch horror movies or i watch you know um reanimator and like someone heads explode or like green goo is coming out of their neck there's a specific tone to that it's yeah you know uh i watched like maybe the first and second final destination or something like that yeah and then after it's like okay Even if you do want to watch someone like die because like a bunch of nails get like put under their head because they fall on like a nail gun. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you do want to watch that, but it's not based on like an actual incident. You know, it's not a rendition of someone's life. No. Some bit of trauma that happened. Um, And so there's another component to it where... um, Gosh, it's almost like uh, you're re-trauma engaging someone. So like if you knew someone that was like raped and then you were like showing them like faux material in relation to like a rape, like a dramatization, that was very similar. That was the exact same detailed rendition of how they told you it happened. Right. Um and them having to experience that it's not because we're not conceivably, you know, no one's making the family watch the show, but being aware of it and like having that re-trauma. And then like you said, having
0: the actor doing it win the award. Yeah. Um, Now I will say that, that Evan Peters is a very good actor. Um, Richard Jenkins portrays, you know, his, his father and, um, You know, honestly, some of the thing and and I'm I when I say I'm interested in true crime, like my interest extends to like, you know, forensic files, not not like like there are some some uh, podcasts out there that you know people get into the nitty-gritty of like yeah and then the rope was looped around the person's hands like 13 times Mm -hmm. like weirdly specific details um like i just want the the overview of like yes this is how this person was caught these were the things that they looked at this is this is you know the chemical analysis on certain fabric or whatever um the 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 show itself like i don't know this the specific enough details to know how factually accurate it is but there's a lot of wild shit that he just kind of gets away with because he's a white dude in society (laughs) um you know and and also the time period like he apparently was driving around town uh to to dump body parts that he had in trash bags just in his back seat and he was driving around drunk and cops pulled him over
2: mm-hmm. and he
0: was underage and yeah the, the cops are just like what are you doing and he's like look my parents are getting divorced I'm just super sad um, I'm out driving and the cop was just like you've been drinking and he's like yeah and the guy looks at his ID and he's like look just go back home
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And that's it. Like that, no, no like attempt to call people. Like he clocked the fact that he had these like a lot of garbage bags in his backseat,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there was no follow up. And so, a hundred percent, it was. Oh yeah, it's just a white kid out driving.
1: Yeah, um, innocuous,
0: and you know, not like, dangerous. You know the the police giving his victim back to him because the officers were just homophobic and um you know like his neighbors in the building saw this kid and they were like this this is clearly a child who is naked and also bleeding (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you're just gonna give him back to (laughs) him like you're not gonna follow up and jesus maybe look into it a little bit further um so yeah no it's it's an interesting show for exposing like he, he wasn't and I don't think they highlighted enough because you have to really be paying attention to what's going on I, I think but mm-hmm. they they don't make him seem like a genius like he didn't get away with what he was doing because he's a genius he, he yeah. got away with what he was doing because of privilege yeah.
2: um,
0: and who he was preying on
2: mm. um
0: But it's good. I I don't know if I would recommend it to anyone if anyone has seen it. Like, it's been out long enough now that you've either seen it or you haven't. I just thought it was an interesting show to to comment on because it's it's, part of the culture now. Yeah, it's part of the culture, but it's, it's weird the level of detail that they did put into resaging certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, which i know kind of is ryan murphy's shtick because he also has that american crime story thing going on
1: yeah
0: um which again kind of glamorizes the the murderers i think really Mm -hmm. the problem is ryan murphy but
1: (laughs) yeah um and the murderers
0: uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean,
1: obviously,
0: re reinvigorating the interest in them, I think, was was more what I meant. Is is the the problem is really him and how he approaches the show in terms of, yeah, let's just let let that shit be. Let like maybe we don't need to talk about Andrew Kunanen.
2: Um,
1: yeah, I don't I mean, the the appetite is just out there. You know, the appetite is just so strong to consume this material, and. Um, I think something came up recently where there was a a documentary on it and it was talking about how it was captured and Hannah had it on in the background and I think she put it on to see what it was about and then didn't intend to really watch it and so I kind of overheard and like sat when I was like oh okay oh okay right oh they use tools to do that oh great such you know such an i guess it for me it's like i see the fascination people have with that yeah uh in ingesting the depravity but it lives with me in a way that you know just like a really scary movie doesn't like yeah something you know
0: the realism is what what affects you
1: the fart Well, no, it's, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the exploration into a facet of human nature, um, that is very destructive and the destructive power that people have, um, and will utilize over on other people for, um, you know, based on things and how they're built. You know, chemically and structurally and sometimes based on malice and, um, you know, hate uh, that just gets uh, placed out there um, and it does harm. And so for me, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's an engagement with the kind of depravity that I've known in people not literally serial killers, but just destructive nature that people have in their relationships. And then, you know, knowing that it's there and just living, living in that headspace. Cause generally it's like, Oh yeah, you know, I've moved past like negative things and et cetera. Um, and then jumping back into a mental space where exploring that, um, i don't know doesn't doesn't do me any good i see the fascination yeah with it um but it's just like um okay yeah let me see how this person died all right what did they do there okay now now here's another way i can be neurotic (laughs) or anxious about how other people can engage with others and Worrying about someone else's welfare and care, um, you know, because situations like that, you know, there's there's a component of it where it's like you can think you can prepare for an active shooter just based on your behavior, but you're not ingesting true crime so that you can avoid getting killed by a serial killer. Uh, yeah,
0: like the chances of that being actually useful or (laughs) yeah you know
1: very very small so yeah it's just it is it's very real to me i guess because it's it's some people watch horror films and they're like oh man that really like messed me up and then they'll just watch like a true crime thing just like not batting an eye yeah. And, and it's somehow like I don't know the reality of the engagement and like the circumstances and what someone would have experienced, like hearing about their experience. Yeah. To me, there's a very empathetic relationship there where like I'm I'm living that experience. Like I try because I do that a lot. I try to understand how how is this person experiencing reality cause it helps me communicate with people. it helps me understand like where they're coming from. And so hearing about experiences like that, I'm really empathizing in like, oh, what was that person's experience like? Like what would that have been like? Um, yeah. And because I'm not a forensic pathologist and I don't have to find, you know, serial killers. Um I, I don't really care what they were thinking or what their experience yeah. was. Like they're like, they're the person like committing the act there. The person who's, yeah. who there's an act of destruction occurring on is that, you know, the victim. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting. There's granted, I know it's, it's from a comedy bit. Um, I, I can't think of the comedian who, who has it, but, but her bit just, just very generally, uh, it touches on the idea of you know women are mainly the the audience for true crime stuff uh, mm-hmm. because existing in the world as a prey animal <laughs> mm-hmm. um, puts you in a better headspace. Which is, I mean, maybe that's true. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not enough. I... You know,
1: we we shouldn't really do try to speak to the female experience
0: yeah like um, I, I can't really speak to that i i'm it, it makes sense um that someone would be attracted to it and n- not as put off because they're just like yeah this is
1: how i think and live like i walk to my car it
0: could happen walking to the yeah. car like, yeah <laughs> this, this i walk is, to my
1: car and i'm like holy shit like oh my god
0: it's like you hear stories about you know like alien um the most like freaked out members of the audience, or dudes, because dudes don't like give birth. Yeah. <laughs> Women in the audience were just like, "Yeah, no, it was a good movie. It's it's a little bit bloody, but." <laughs> yeah,
1: I really like this Ripley character, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um,
0: well, that's me. Did you have anything you wanted to to talk about?
1: Um. Hmm.
0: Did you get any further into uh, Last of Us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually a great point. Um, Let me collect my thoughts. So the last episode of Last of Us, I think, was really amazing. In that uh, the first two, like I was saying before, mm-hmm. um, I was like, "Okay, this is cool," but i've I've seen this story before, you know, yeah. um, and I've lived game, it. So. Yeah, I played the game, and they're following pretty closely, and so this doesn't feel to me like, um, you know, like as as satisfying an experience as I as I had experiencing this story and this narrative and these characters in the game. Cause um, I spend more time with them in the game. Like I walk around as them. Like I discover like files and artifacts for other people's stories. I'm much more engaged in the narrative. Um, Cause it's, you know, I've heard this story basically. Yeah. It's re- retelling. So the third episode um, got a lot of buzz and hoopla um, <laughs> online. And for good reason, because it was a, really completely unique uh, take and rendition on a narrative that's only hinted at in the game. The relationship between uh, Bill and Frank um, played very well um, by Nick Offerman and uh, Murray Bartlett of The Office and White Lotus fame. Mm-hmm. And um, it's It only really has bearing on the larger story um, based on it mirroring relationships that are getting sort of established uh, within the story. You know, the relationship between Joel and Ellie. Yeah. um, Just as, like, they are two people who found each other in this post-apocalyptic world. And, you know, a connection is starting to be formed between them. Um, as um, Bill and Frank, in the game, you, um, you meet Bill. You don't know about Frank, really, um, until, uh, you know, a little bit after meeting Bill. And Frank, you know, Bill sort of intimates like was his partner, you know. Yeah. And uh, they had a relationship. But then they had a falling out, you know, potentially, um, Bill's, you know, decides he doesn't want to engage anymore with the world and Frank is just sick of it and, you know, wants more engagement even in this post-apocalyptic hellscape. So it's funny is that that conversation, you basically get to see it happen in the episode, but it has a different ending, like, um, Frank's character doesn't like leave or isn't kicked out by Bill. Um, Bill's actually like, okay, all right. You know, there's like an, a begrudging acceptance of this, yeah. like, okay. He wants to engage with people, you know, um, find friends, you know, and that's how, um, Tess and Joel get into the picture within the show, you know, cause Frank's reached out to Tess wanted to set up a trading partnership and they sort of go from there. Yeah. And, um, so it's almost like it has, it's an alternate way that situation would have went, um, cause in the game you discover that, you know, Frank left, um, and he must have gotten bit because Bill and Joel discover his body and he's hanging up, you know, he hung himself cause he just didn't want to turn and so um in the game you see that bill's really upset by that but he just pushes past it again you know and doesn't want to acknowledge his feelings and you know and whatnot so it's uh tragic um the situation ends up differently in the episode um you know bill comes to realize okay this has value as far as like having like friendship and establishing at least some kind of outside contact with other people, you know, instead of being so isolationist. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really great. I, I think the, really the best way to explain the episode is to just have someone watch the episode. Yeah. Because there's different subtexts related to You know, finding people in a post-apocalyptic world, being alone, but also even in, even before the apocalypse, you know, Bill was very alone. Um, His mother's obviously not there. Uh, You know, that was, you find out, you know, that's her house that he's living in and built a bunker, a basement bunker underneath the basement. So he's like physically And metaphorically, he's like several layers down, removed from people. Like he's literally hiding in a hidey place that he's made. Um, And I mean, that ends up being, you know, a pretty apt analogy for, uh, you know, his sexuality and that, you know, he's like, he ends up telling Frank, you know, he's never been with anybody. Um, You know, Frank could be his first person uh, that he's he's been with. you know, that follows like his own desire, you know, to be in a, in a homosexual relationship. Right. And so you have that kind of played in. Um, and so basically they took, uh, some of the details there in the story and just really fleshed it out and like, let's tell a story with this. That's interesting and set it up within this context. And that's what I think is really so great about, um, post-apocalyptic stories and settings. And I think because, you know, if you have a story about, um, you know, people being pioneers and, um, you know, going to follow manifest destiny and trying to go out and get a plot of land in the West, you have some of the elements of like people trying to like separate and establish themselves and craft an identity and maybe their past identity wasn't what they wanted so they're moving into a new thing um but maybe it's just the a contemporary tone or a different flavor because with with stories like that there's so much romanticism or often can be for the cowboy you know uh manifest destiny experience like it's romanticized you know um and like oh look how tough these cowboys and stuff are and i guess with uh, post-apocalyptic stories there's no there's no romanticizing like our shitty current existence you know um it's uh it it takes place within the now um and often you know um zombie and also um apocalyptic fair you know has a resurgence during times of real you know difficulty in the country um and like experience you know whether it's the 80s or in the late 70s with um you know everything going on there and the malaise and you know consumerism with original dawn of the dead kind of being you know placed just like this thing that we're just going to get swallowed by um And now, you know, having to live with, um, you know, being very connected, uh, with people, but also, you know, potentially very distant. Um, so it, it takes the best intentions of uh, what I really like about apocalyptic media, which is really just boiling things down to, you know, um, of the essence of a conflict, um, Because regardless of who you are, where you're at, the world as it is now is going to challenge you. There's no, there's no safe, um, there's no safe safety, uh, given to you by your social status, you know, other than like, you know, resources and stuff you might have, you know, um, with whatever the force is, you know, you're your, um, you know, your race, your gender, um, those things might cause you issues with other humans, but this sort of uncaring force doesn't give a a crap about that, you know? Um, (laughs) and so it really boils down like just the central nature of like conflict and what conflict does to people and, you know, can do to ourselves. Like the most engaging stories in apocalyptic worlds, for me, the aspect of it is, the conflict between the people, you know, that's sort of created by the outside situation. Um, You know, great zombie media, you know, one of what we'll be talking about. Um, The people themselves, uh, and whether that's being a person and surviving the situation or trying to um, deal with other antagonists that are other like people, they're the greatest like enemy and the greatest trauma comes from from that and this outside force is just there to make bare uh what's there you'll have to forgive the the rhyming um like if you have a really bad situation with your like a parent and you're in a post-apocalyptic setting there's nothing other than that available to you you know yeah there's no ignoring the problem. It's either going to be a problem and cause an issue, or you guys are going to figure out some way to move past it because the ultimate catalyst for a relationship is here. Um, You know, there's no taking for granted um, the nature of of what the engagement is, positive or negative. Um, And so it really does that in like a side way and just like a that's just not really a detail. I'd say that maybe factors in a ton, but more so that, um, it's an aspect of this kind of media that I like, and I just don't see all the time. Um, cause often the, the focus is just on the force and that's, yeah. it's, it's the least interesting thing that's happening. You know, it's, it's just a catalyst, you know, um, for these kind of High tension stories um, about you know relationships and people. So, yeah, I think the best way to talk about it is just to watch it. Um, yeah,
0: which and... I have to say, I um, I know last time we discussed my uh, dislike of the game series. Seeing the feedback and like all of the the media around this third episode, I definitely, I definitely want to watch this show, mm-hmm. um, because the main thing that I saw was how sad the like video game fanboys got because they're like, they deviated from the game. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's different medium. It's, I would hope they would. The fact that they deviated this well, um, Uh this much and this well, uh, definitely makes me want to watch it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it was good. Like I said, it was a, it was a great surprise for me because, um, up until that point, I, I just, I wasn't seeing anything sort of new, um, done yeah. with it in, in like a narrative way specifically. So.
0: Which is always weird with adaptations, I feel like, because. I don't know. Like the, the thing doesn't have to be done the exact same way as mm-hmm. the original medium, because it's, if it's being adapted, it's going into a different medium. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Yeah, there's an opportunity for that there. It's, it's always like, even with other experiences, it's, uh, you know, unless, unless you're complaining that something in the original version was really broken, um, like say like a video game aspect or something and they didn't fix it in the new one, that's a, you know, a general specific complaint. Um, and it's about there not being a difference. But if you're sort of sad that they're not recreating it (laughs) one-to-one, it's, like I was saying before, that's impossible. Um, Not just from like a a technical standpoint, which it is, but um, if you really want that, that exists. Um, I I, I want to play the game more again now. Um, (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, this is nice, but like, I'm not getting my hit. This is not really hitting You're not immersed for
0: 30 hours. You're going to be immersed for 10
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, that media, you know, it exists for you. Go, go out there and and get it again. You know, nothing's stopping you.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, I'd say that's, that's good. I'm hoping we have, uh, I, I was a little, uh, upset just in that, uh, I was listening to, um, the producer, uh, director, I think it was also you know involved in in Naughty Dog as well, as far as yeah. producing and directing. Um, and I think he was talking about the story and how it was the one that deviated most from what occurred in the game. And there was a part of me that was like, no, 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 deviate more. Yeah, like, do, do, do it more. Do more. <laughs> <laughs> do it more.
0: Yeah, do it more. This is something completely different. You don't have to adapt the game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. If you want to just uh, on a, click the alternate version um, for for people that are really pining for that, just have an option on HBO Max where you can just watch a a completely sewn together segment of all the the cut CGI cutscenes cut in the game. So <laughs> the people that want the truest authentic source, they can get that. Um, I just I, you know.
0: Well, it's like the uh, them putting out the Last of Us remastered part one and part two. Mm-hmm. It's like that the game already exists. Like you're just bumping up graphics. That's it. Like mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's it's my weird processing issues. But like I I don't understand the want really for like. It would be one thing if they were updating a game that was like on the NES or the Super NES, you know, mm-hmm. because like there's that's a that's a pretty big graphical update. But like going from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 to me, like. It's, it's a big jump, but it, it was one generation. <laughs> you
2: yeah. Know? yeah.
0: um, It's it's not going to be that much better, right? Like,
2: yeah,
0: I don't know. Mileages may vary on that one. On that take, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's um, it's definitely an odd way to to go about it. Um, and I don't. I ultimately, I don't think uh, too successful though. In um, one thing I did note because I looked into playing the game again, yeah, uh, it's you know that that upgrade is basically just a new. It's a whole new game you have to purchase. There's no um you know upgrade perk for like $20 you can just upgrade um that's just not a thing for that one um but they apparently added accessibility changes as well Oh did they Yes one of them which I thought you'd appreciate cuz I I can just imagine the swearing um was auto pickup for items Oh god um because like <laughs> there's Other than the little glint, you know, that appears on, like, an item, I think, uh, there's a lot of times, you know, the contrast wasn't very high between the item and the background because it's meant to be, like, seamless, sort of blend in. Yeah. So now Joel will just, wherever he's going, the animations, they probably changed it, but it was always really great in the first game, um, in the PS4 release, uh, because he would be walking by, like, a countertop, like, crouching on his knees, and he would... uh. He would just go like this, like move his hands up because he's like grabbing things from up on the counter. So I would just do that to entertain myself. I would just walk through and just be "Hmm." picking things up because it it reminds me of the um, the overhead arms. No, no, no. It reminds me of the overhead arm motion of uh, the uh, the boiler room attendant in. uh, that Miyazaki movie, Spirited Away.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: we're just like the arms are just like, just kind of like tenderly. <laughs> um, so I think it's uh, it's really great. So <laughs> I really I want to see the accessibility stuff, and I just yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious,
0: curious to... about that because whenever those features get added to a game, it's usually a, a drastic quality of life
1: upgrade. Yeah, yeah, uh. so. I like it. Um, so that's about that's about me. I'm just uh, okay. living and breathing.
0: Well, we can we can jump right into uh, Army of Darkness then. So um, yeah, so not
1: that Army of Darkness, guys. Sorry.
0: Oh, Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. I don't know why I said <laughs> Army of Darkness. <laughs> um,
1: wait, wait, no. I really wish I would have just let you do it. <laughs> And then we would have let just kept on talking. No, let the hate mail roll in, but also like the initial real confusion of the viewers. because like, oh, <laughs> it's <brilliant>. dark things. <laughs> They change this.
0: Um, Yeah, no. So, so this came out, um, May 14th of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring up the budget for this because it, it was released to streaming, uh, on netflix but it did come out to select theaters um so mm-hmm. the budget for this was 90 million right just to make right. it
2: mm-hmm.
0: made back 1 million um i really don't know what netflix's numbers are but i, I don't think they're looking good um yeah. the rotten tomatoes for it, which is just a yes or no which i don't find it to be a very helpful um metric mm-hmm. was uh was 67 whereas post track is 83. So post track is actually asking people after they've watched it. Uh kind of huh. like cinema score. Um Yeah, yeah. So that's I could see it be, being between 67 and 83. Um mm-hmm. that that seems doable. Um but it actually so I wasn't really aware of this because I don't I wasn't at the time really following um press statements from from studios um because mm-hmm. i really had no reason to but the uh the uh, warner brothers the studio announced that this movie was coming out in 2007 originally
2: wow
0: that's a long time to sit in development hell um they yeah. they apparently originally wanted to make it about a father in las vegas trying to save his daughter in the middle of a zombie outbreak Mm.
2: um
0: you can kind of see sketches of that i think in the story that that we have but looking further into it they wanted like die hard meets taken but with zombies in las vegas huh um yeah like so snyder envisioned it originally uh, according to an, an interview he gave as his own sequel to his version of dawn of the dead Mm -hmm. which to me is very strange that and and kind of arrogant that someone's like i'm gonna make a sequel that's not related to the romero sequel to his movie but i remade his movie so now i'm treating it like my own property (laughs) it's very weird
1: um well do you you think about that just taking a moment and pause and he does remakes um yeah Yeah, like he... And I mean that in, like... Other
0: people's media. Yeah, yeah.
1: other people's toys. Yeah. Um, And that's... I mean, that's interesting from, like... uh, I don't know, from, from like, a creative output perspective. Like, normally what we think of great directors, like, there's a... There's a, a portion of it, like, oh, not only the great director, like, they were part of the writing and conceiving of this idea, like they brought this idea to life. It's not something that they're they're just interpreting some material that isn't directly theirs. Right. You know, um, yeah. Like
0: I'm looking in Sucker Punch is the only thing he's done. Um, hmm. At Rebel Moon is a movie coming out to Netflix that it looks like he's writing and directing. I'm unaware if it's based on anything, but yeah. Sucker Punch and Rebel Moon are the only things that he's written and directed that are one hundred percent his. Mm-hmm. You're right. I, I didn't stop to think about that.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, almost odd because it's it's like playing with other people's toys. And I I saw when you know the big proud credit. Um, I didn't see the directed by credit, uh, you know that passed me by, but I saw the director of photography credit for himself in this movie and i was like you are really proud of that
0: yeah Uh i think well so i'll get into that in a little bit it's Uh i think it's the first time that he has been dp on his own film Mm
2: -hmm. which
0: is it's it's not um that's not common for someone to be their own director of photography um Mm -hmm. like you'll see it with I think Tarantino uh, is his own cinematographer uh, for a lot of his movies. But he also, Mm -hmm. he's kind of a geek about that. Like, like generally the director of the film is dictating what look they want to a cinematographer. And then the cinematographer is like, okay, well, I need this type of lens and this type of camera and this type of film.
2: Mm Um, mm-hmm.
0: we're going to arrange the lighting this way <laughs> you know like it's more science than uh creativity when, once you know what look you want yeah. um but uh but yeah no it, it's it, it is impressive that that he he shot this himself as well um although i think part of that's probably a cost-cutting measure so um you know, to, just to, to jump back into to the notes. So like in 08, they originally had a Danish director um, mm-hmm. who was brought in to make his kind of di- directorial debut for um, Warner Brothers because Snyder was working on on other projects. And then it sat in development hell for three years because of the financial crisis in 08. Um, the director said in an interview he wanted scenes of male zombies raping human females and forcing the birth of human zombie hybrids in his version um i can see that like if he was dug in on that concept um maybe studios were like no we're not going to that's that's a step too far like why 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 would you be insistent on including this
1: He's like, I need to see this. I need
0: this. It's like, man, go to go to Archive of Our Own or Fanfiction.net or whatever. Like don't 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 unleash that into the world.
1: I mean, there's it's definitely gonna already be out there in live action form and digital form and go find it. It's there for you, baby. Yeah. Go get it.
0: Um so yeah, then then uh, Snyder comes back on board there in twenty twelve, and then they cancel it because of the expense of shooting in Las Vegas because they're, they're mm-hmm. wanting to shoot on location,
1: which they definitely got around for of you know yeah, and I can't imagine in like two thousand seven doing that as well as it's possible now you know yeah exactly uh, yeah
0: it's because it, I mean I don't even think most of the Hangover was shot on location
2: in mm-hmm. Las
0: Vegas. Like, I I think a lot of that was probably B-roll and them shooting, like, in Reno, maybe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, 2019 is when Zack Snyder is able to get back to directing it. Um, Netflix bought the distribution. um, And they really just kind of let him do what he wanted with it. Um, So, at this point in the state, because you have to pay for people, location scouts, writers... Renewing options, all this stuff. There's seventy million dollars in the hole by the time wasted at this point, because mm-hmm. <laughs> they've been paying on this to re-up the option. Um, I know typically how that works. Uh, my understanding is that the distributor will buy that debt on the hopes of it being recouped. So that ninety million budget is. Does that mean twenty of it was spent on the film? unlikely uh i think more than likely what happened is they spent 160 million on canceling out that debt to warner brothers and mm-hmm. then 90 for the movie <laughs> Jesus. um so yeah uh dave batista was offered um this this part he was also offered a PAa part in suicide squad and he obviously turned down suicide squad for this um The James Gunn one, not not the one that we talked about a few years ago. Um, And then, so what?
1: uh, What would he be playing
0: in Suicide Squad? I would assume that he they they would have made him be Croc or maybe uh, King Shark. Um,
1: Hmm. I can't see anybody being my King Shark other than my current King Shark.
2: Other
1: than Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> he just did dumb dumb creatures so well. I feel like uh, James Gunn had the casting of Groot so well. He's like, okay. He's like, wait, wait, wait. He's like, who is...
0: Who's like... Who's rumbly the, and dumb sounding?
1: Who's Who sounds <laughs> like the dumbest guy I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so then he's sitting there with King Shark, and he's like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Who sounds like a different kind of the dumbest guy I know?
2: <laughs>
1: got it. I got, got it. it. <laughs> I mean, and the casting is perfect. Yeah. Um. Because I can't imagine. I don't. I don't think he would have been for King Shark. I just because I, I can't even imagine it. He would have been like, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, but maybe I almost. I almost want to know which which one of those options.
0: He could have very well been brought on because Gunn knows him as an action comedy guy. He could have very well been uh, going to be a a peacemaker instead of John Cena. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I could definitely see that too.
1: Peacemaker, huh?
0: I could see Gunn going, "Hey, I know I want to use this dipshit. Um, Mm -hmm. Will you come play this dipshit? He's really dumb." (laughs) yeah let's do something fantastic with it and him going
1: it's ah. <laughs> that's so weird because like i've seen like maybe two three episodes of um the peacemaker show yeah and it's Which good amazing. and it's re- it's good it's really good i need to finish it but it's um i it's almost like i can't imagine a better casting of the peacemaker than john cena than john cena and yeah. so it's it's almost um criminal that he's already used up for that role uh with you know gun having control of the bigger dc universe now um but he's quirky so i feel like um gun got to not delve into this too deeply but gun has a handle on you know what's a good casting what's a good direction to take this character in yeah um that will be successful, but also really fits the person he's casting,
2: yeah.
1: um, or having, you know, a lot of influence for Cause he seems to, he's made comments in the past. It's like, oh, I really wanted him for this, or I thought he was going to be great for this, you know, and yeah. I, I stuck. So it's obviously something he's really involved in. And now that he's, you know, co, uh, CEO chair of the DC EU, um, I think he's probably just going to continue doing that. One thing is, I found out, um, you know, there's going to be a um, Amanda Waller show Mm
2: -hmm. as
1: well, Um, and of course, he's going to use Viola Davis. He's like, why would you? She's amazing. He's like, take take out the rest of the trash. I I don't want to see any of this trash, but that right there, that. That's, I'm keeping that.
0: I gotta be honest, like, her and Margot Robbie are the two standouts from the original Suicide Squad in terms of casting for that yeah. character. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, Viola Davis is amazing. Perfect,
1: perfect. <laughs> you know, someone who did, um, I've seen her in, uh, you know, we saw her in Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. And uh, just everywhere, like, just perfect conception of that character and i don't know how he talks to because i i think he just approaches it as like a character basis so like you don't feel like his characters like amanda waller are comic book characters yeah. they feel like people who have those attributes about them right you know he doesn't feel like a comic book character or even like a comic book dork I'm talking about peacemaker yeah. um he feels like a guy who goes by peacemaker and this is all the stuff that's related to him um so it's just really really great uh yeah yeah, there you go
0: um yes uh so one of the the weird production notes i saw is uh matthias schweiger um he played dieter he played the uh the the safe cracker um He actually had uh, military experience serving in in Germany because I I think Mm -hmm. Germany is one of those countries where you have to serve in the military once you hit a certain age. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, They hired a gun trainer specifically to make it look like he was incompetent with his pistol oh that's funny like he <laughs> they had an armor and a, and a pistols instructor on site to you know, just make sure all, all the people look like they're competent like you know your tom cruise or keanu reeves get gets this sort of training beforehand um hmm. and his was specifically to make him look like he had no idea what he was doing just because of so much experience with with working with firearms i, I thought that was funny um yeah that is really great. And probably the biggest note that, like, everyone was was making a big deal out of, I can see a lot of money having been spent on this. Um, so, Chris uh, is a comic who was... Was he grooming young girls?
1: Um, oh, yeah, no. He was uh reaching out to young fans and DMs, you know, yeah. women... And some of them, one of them, his contention is that, oh, no, it didn't happen at that period in time. She was of age or I was told this or et cetera. And it's it's when you. Yeah, it it just didn't didn't work well for him um, for obvious reasons.
0: Yeah, like so. So they pulled him from the movie and they replaced him with with Tig Notaro. Um, She was added in post C uh, in, in post production via CG. Um, what they did is because they were filming this over the pandemic, they sent her the camera rig and walked her through how to green screen a section of her home
2: mm-hmm.
0: and get strapped in and shoot her scenes and do her lines. So she's doing the, all of that apparently by herself in a room of mm-hmm. her house. And then yeah. people took the footage and then just dropped it into the movie, which she's not in when- it very much. But it's still mm-hmm. an impressive feat to yeah. still come across as funny as she does uh, in the scene. Well, I
1: mean, if you think She'd about like, think about saying that you'd be able to do that in the '70s in like a film, you know, and no one would be able to notice. You'd be like, no, no one's gonna really, yeah, it's not gonna stick out a ton to people. And the person would look at you and be like, I don't know what this guy's smoking. Like, <laughs> totally impossible. You can't shoot someone. <laughs> in their home and then just composite their image. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, uh,
0: but yeah, so, so the bit that you were talking about with, with Snyder also being the cinematographer in this. um, Mm -hmm. So if anyone hasn't seen this at this point, they they need to stop listening to this and watch this, this monstrosity of a movie because it has a very weird, unique look. um, Mm hmm. I've seen it described elsewhere as dreamlike and soft. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: So he he had red, uh, which anyway, if anyone doesn't know, red makes digital cameras. Um, I want to say ninety percent of their business is custom cameras um, for for big productions like this. They, they work specifically in digital, but he had them custom make cameras for this that i think you can buy or rent on their website called red Monstros, um
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're designed specifically to fit with vintage 50 millimeter canon lenses
2: um, mm.
0: which funny side note uh, apparently he bought them on ebay which i don't know how much wow. that would have cost him because camera mm-hmm. lenses are very expensive um and it it you know with them being 50 millimeter lenses going into digital like it, it gives it this weird fuzzed out look that also looks very mm-hmm. washed out um, I'd be curious how much post-production they spent adjusting colors yeah because um, I imagine right. with it being 50 millimeter it they they may have made thing had had to like sharpen contrast but mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have had to do a whole lot of color correction mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know, they they shot the opening in natural light and apparently took five weeks to shoot it. I will say the opening for this, just like uh, his opening for for um, Watchmen, is very good at conveying a lot of information very, very quickly.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. it it, it, it's always been um, interesting to watch films by Zack Snyder, um, in the sense that if most of the storytelling takes place in like a visual manner, Mm -hmm. he's pretty competent, um, and had definitely has like a look and some skill in that craft, but if it has to be relating through like words or like people saying things with their mouths and people feeling things. He doesn't quite have the, um, the panache for that as strong. So it's like, it's like someone just having this huge bicep, you know, just glorious, like rippling, pulsating. (laughs) Like you see like a little miniature, like, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, like on his bicep. They're being built out of the spare muscle he has of sinew, um, and then just the rest of their body just emaciated, you know, or their necks really thin, you know. But they got great shoulders, so yeah. Well, and
0: I I think part of his background is um, uh, as either in 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 music videos or um, commercials, which. Mm-hmm. You know, like other people that that have done that, that also have unique styles and things that they are specifically good at. I think are, um, you know, Michael Bay and David Fincher.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I, I think those types of environment kind of gear you towards what you were saying doing doing the the, the very tightly packed condensed nonverbal stuff, and then the verbal stuff is just kind of like ah. Eh. Uh-huh. This person's happy. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
1: maybe that's what I'm feeling. I'm yeah. supposed to feel this. <laughs>
0: he's still flexing those those uh quads at me though. I don't know. He looks kinda angry. <laughs> uh
1: Superman's a good guy here, but like his neck veins are rippling and he's, he's crying stubborn. while he snaps this guy neck. He's crying <laughs> after he just snapped some dude's neck. Yeah. Uh oh yeah, that's that feels like Superman to me, you know, just murder. Yeah. Uh, like maybe he could have stuck his hand in front of his eyes or something to kind of block the race from vaporizing that other family. It seems like there would have been other ways other than just, yeah, know, taking him out.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, in this, this movie, as well, we were talking about they they wanted to shoot the um, originally in Las Vegas. They still didn't shoot in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, they they shot in New Mexico mm-hmm. and Atlantic City. Which to me, you think picking up and moving a production <laughs> across the country like that would mm-hmm. still be more expensive than shooting in Las Vegas. But I have no idea how long how much it costs to shoot there. So, um, yeah. I will say one of the things that I really and, and that's where my notes end. Um, other than, you know, the prequel and then the, the animated sequel that I think is coming out sometime this year called Lost Vegas. Um,
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, it... So... This movie does what... What I, what I like in zombie media, which is really underscore the fact that it's sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um... Because like the whole thing gets kicked off with uh, a, a military transport going from Area Fifty One, getting in a dumb car accident. So you
1: guys, you guys can't see this, but I can see it on Zach's face. Zach's getting that happy nerd glow on it's him so when he gets to talk about something that brings him joy. Uh. <laughs> this pure love and joy. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. Um. Well, and I mean, you know, in, in the reports in the very beginning, like, they talk about it being aliens, and and like, uh, I think you, you can see alien ships in the sky.
2: Mm.
0: Which is really a nice, like, tip of the hat to Romero's Venusian um, cosmic rays that are mentioned mm-hmm. in the, the first Night of the Living Dead. Um, yeah.
1: Which I re-watched maybe six months ago. Fantastic. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. It's,
0: it's such a shame that that is in uh, public domain because <laughs> yeah. uh, someone didn't file the copyright on it.
1: Um, yeah, real real shame. Um, yeah. And I know he would have been a much richer man for it.
0: Uh, yeah, he but... may have been able to pick and choose his projects a little bit better. Because, yeah. than...
2: <laughs> uh... <laughs> you know,
0: like at that point, he, he was pretty much taking whatever um Mm -hmm. people would give him money to make um but uh yeah yeah so so what happens with this is in that that opening sequence it it shows how zombies take over most of the population of las vegas um and yeah there has to be a quarantine over the city um now
1: yeah what's what's really cool too um about that is uh just thinking about that there's no like real it's Zack Snyder's zombie verse is very, very brutal. Hmm. Um, and he stays true to that because there's no like pockets of people surviving in the city with like nope. the zombies. No, they're all gone.
2: Yeah. You know, it's just zombies now. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so the whole, whole crux of this movie uh, the reason it's a it's a heist is a casino owner um, want to smuggle 200 million dollars that's in their casino vault uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's in Las Vegas out of the city before the government can nuke the city to just get rid of it and be like, nope, we're done. We're not doing this. We're not Zach. doing with this quarantine anymore.
1: No no shade thrown, Zach, but this sounds like one of the D&D campaigns you would give people.
0: Oh yeah. Like yeah. This, no, I mean, this concept. Well, mm-hmm. like it makes sense as a story thing because it, you know, capitalism going to capital and like it's insured anyway. Yeah. You know, like this is just 200 million free dollars.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um and you know they they go through the standard heist thing of assembling the team and making sure everyone's set up um
1: not not as sexy as you've seen it like in fast and the furious though
0: yeah no no nowhere near is is uh well done i would say
1: yeah
0: Um, sexy well like so one of the things that that snyder plays with In this is stuff that uh, Romero was starting to do with with his smart zombies. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: Yeah. Just by introducing, I just like that. Yeah. Yeah, like introducing the alphas, introducing the king and queen zombie.
1: Also, though, like. um, (laughs) Also, though, it's is it is it creativity is it creative in that sense or is it is he now just borrowing like another idea? Oh, he's just borrowing another idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I think so.
0: I think keen listeners will, will pick up that Richard, I think, is baiting me into saying that I do not like Zack Snyder very <laughs> much <laughs> because he knows my feelings of Zack Snyder.
1: <laughs> it's so weird though. Like imagine imagine meeting someone who is just like looking at you, right? Just staring at you. Yeah. And then you say the first word. Hello how are you? And he looks at you and he goes, hello, how are you? And that's the only way he can communicate. He has to, <laughs> he has to take before he, he can to... give. And he's just like that through and through. Um <laughs> In every exchange, he has to wait for you to give something. So, and then he can steal the energy from it. And then well, he has
0: the to steal it and then subvert it. Yeah, so yeah, he's, for... he's very interested in the subversion. <laughs>
1: No, 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 no. He's like has to steal it, right? Uh, and then he has to grab it, and just like put like a black and white like high contrast filter on it. That's what he <laughs> needs to. See. Yeah.
0: Speed ramp it so it's it's constantly in slow mo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm giving him shit, but like this the the movie I had a better time than I thought I would with it.
1: Um. And he has a great eye for fabrics and how to shoot them. Like, let's just, yeah, let's yeah. give, <laughs> let's give to that a skill that you wouldn't typically you think would lend details. itself.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But the, specifically fabric, like 300, yeah. like the shawls or the, uh, you know, the cloaks. Yeah.
0: The like cloak thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're just like beautiful and like so chic and the Watchmen, the outfits, the materials, like oh, the vintage yeah. ones are just look so good. And he just is like, oh, it's just gonna be on point. It's it's almost like a, like a new contemporary version of um, what's his face in um, the Batman movies. Um, he did several of them. He did the uh, the one with Mister Freeze, oh, Poison Ivy, Riddler. Schumacher, and Schumacher yeah. yes, it's almost like a modern Schumachery kind of thing, you know, like that visual language, like you yeah, know. The same- it's a
0: similar visual language that he has um he's he's not as interested in camp i think he just his stuff tends to turn campy
2: Mm -hmm.
0: for some reason um or or play like melodrama really
1: which yeah (laughs) well i imagine like you're watching um if you're not really hip to it and you're watching the watchman like you just walked into the theater and you're like oh well what's this movie going to be about and then there's just like people in sexy costumes um (laughs) (laughs) who seem to not be in like a real world but it doesn't quite make sense what kind of reality they're in yeah um and so you just come away from the experience excited but also very confused yeah you have feelings about how the muscles should be sculpted on superheroes outfits that you didn't have before
0: (laughs) i mean Uh, his his interest in subversion makes him a very good director for watchmen um very mm -hmm. bad one for heading up things like superman It's like you you have to have things established before you can subvert them dude like (laughs) i i know that you i know that you love (laughs) dark knight returns but you have to make a real you have to make the batman that's being that's going to be subverted you have to set that up first you
1: can't just launch into it uh so it's like any property just comes to um how can i and get you come to super into
0: this property
2: it just
1: uh, you stand there and try to place the ball into the the other property um yeah. It's like he just saw Superman, and he's like subversion. And it's like, wait, no, it's super. We have to subvert him. W- why? It must be done. <laughs> it is how I do all
0: subverted. But, but what if what if Superman was a god, and
1: mm-hmm. but
0: he was cruel
1: <laughs>
0: because he's an alien yeah i guess i mean there hasn't been a superhero (laughs) there hasn't been a superman movie in theaters for like 10 years why don't we make a (laughs) superman movie
1: (laughs) so it's like you give him the property of um not uh what is it called um charlotte's web and he's like oh no 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 (laughs) the the animals they rise up and they kill the farmers (laughs) why subversion that's subvert that's just animal
0: farm though dude (laughs) no but we're gonna call it charlotte's web because there's a spider that
2: yes okay (laughs) at
1: the end at the end of the movie the spider has actually grown so big and the other animals are bringing her things to eat so that she can make her children yeah yeah
0: that's that's actually a a, a pretty <laughs> pretty trenchant takedown of uh, capitalism.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> bring us your children.
1: I'm um, subverting capitalism. It's spreading, <laughs> spreading everywhere. Okay. Oh man.
0: So yeah, what were your your thoughts on this this movie? Um, I because I, again, I wasn't expecting to enjoy this, but I did. I had fun with it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it's, uh, for me, it's like, um, what is that? What's that other movie called? Oh, it's like, uh, a less good original zombie land for me. Like the original zombie land really hits, uh, and like campy and like this, I think is trying to be serious yeah, but also like gets campy occasionally, but is also like tongue in cheek. Yeah, I don't so, know totally. why
0: they, they tried that because yeah, you're right, totally they do need yeah. to play it for pretty serious. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like the um that dude who has a um, a social media sphere, um, and you know gets viral videos by killing zombies and stuff like that. That girl that comes with him. Who was just like the biggest badass. Um, and she ends up, it's in that scene where they're going through like the back entrance and it's like the kitchen area. Yeah. Um, and all the zombies are like frozen in place because mm-hmm. they're like hibernating. And so if they make any noise or like touch them, like it causes them to awaken. Yeah. And so she gets basically messed up. But she takes out every one of her bullets. And her gun takes out a zombie, yeah. Like it's just just shooting hundreds, <laughs> um. And then and then she dies, and you're like, oh, actually, she was really cool. Um. And he likes to do that. He likes to. It's almost like you you can expect it. So it's like, it's like someone who's saying, you know, up high, you know, down low, too slow. <laughs> Every time you hear them say down low, you know what's going to happen. You yeah. know, like I. I know you're going to subvert expectations, so I know that this girl and him aren't going to make it. Um, I know that this person's going to do like something really cool that should uh, validate them living on past this scene, but you're going to kill them. Um, and so it's it's almost like you're you're so used to being like the subverter that we expect you to do it. So you're not really even subverting; you're actually just fulfilling expectations. Yeah yeah so that's kind of how i felt about some of it on the other side um it's just really entertaining um like the zombie king and queen are cool um their makeup and stuff is cool The makeup uh,
0: for them i was about to say is is very very different yeah it's <laughs> yeah. not what i was expecting for <laughs> and,
1: and and you see it and you appreciate it for that if you're you know a zombie fan a creature fan as well because you're like oh they don't actually look exactly like how they used to those are different i obviously can see that those guys are different um but they still seem to be you know related um and so yeah the movie's entertaining and you get to see a lot of cool gunfights and you get to see cool people do cool things and um for what a movie should be it's really fulfills in that um so on the other half of it if i'm not looking at it through like <laughs> contrasting two different kinds of apocalyptic media yeah. as like the last of us episode three which is like
0: <laughs> heartbreaking a, and sorrowful <laughs> a, a deep
1: dive into like living as like closeted gay people in a world that is like openly hostile towards you like there's so many like social potential (laughs) layers to that (laughs) in this movie it's like they go nom nom (laughs) you know they go dom dom they go tom tom you know um and that that being okay that's okay you can have that um and i think as a fan of the of the genre there's space for that too um and there's space for the soap opera melodrama that i think the walking dead currently is from from what i've seen um, yeah i
0: still need to wrap it up i i know they finished the last season and we just got amc mm-hmm. plus um, so I, I need to finish it, it it it
1: out. you know what that is when you watch it right like there's there's a lot of melodrama There's oh, some yeah, soap, yeah, opera it's soap
0: opera stuff. it's not
1: <laughs> but it's like it's your zombie soap opera and so you know that coming to it so you're not going to critique it for being something else that it isn't that it isn't this you know army of uh yeah. army of the dead darkness is that what would say um
0: yeah army of the dead darkness
1: yeah uh so you know that's that's what it is, and you're not going to begrudge it for not being some other thing, you no. know? Um, so I think my problem was, is that I wanted a, a little bit of action, um, but I wanted a lot more of what you get in episode three of The Last of Us. Yeah. Like that implication, like that societal horror and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and... That's just not what that is either. Not even the original source material, you
0: know? No, no. Well, and I mean, this movie, there's a lot that happens in this movie, but it's also two and a half hours. Um, so buckle mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, he, it, it moves along quickly, um, mm-hmm. which I think is why you don't get a whole lot of the like personalized interactions that you were probably looking for. Um. Mm-hmm this also is not technically post-apocalypse though because c- uh, there's a quarantine zone it's just the city of las vegas everything else is normal <laughs>
1: well a post-apocalyptic event
0: yeah post-apocalyptic event. yeah
1: because yeah. like with gotham you know gotham was destroyed in that you yeah. know earthquake and you know etc um yeah so it was post-apocalyptic in tone even though it was localized.
0: Yeah. But, but no um, with the with with this it's it's interesting when they do that because it's it's like um even though it's localized like you have to take a step back and realize that it's localized because the way mm-hmm. the movie is shot you're you're in it so it's kind of like a um like a 28 days later where the only thing that was affected was England mm-hmm. everywhere else was fine yeah. <laughs> it's like no, it doesn't seem like that to the people who are in England. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's an interesting take on, on post-apocalypse stuff. Um, yeah, which I think is why they can get away with it being a heist movie instead of, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic media typically is, is more themed like a, like a Western. Mm -hmm. Um, Regardless of where it's set. Like, if it's set, like, even in, in Fallout, like, there there are tropes of, of uh, westerns in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I like how it's it's localized. I'm not a huge fan of them using Sean Spicer and, and like, having the implication that Trump is still president in the future. Um, which, I mean if it's six years later that means that he was predicting Trump to steal a third term <laughs> based on when this um, came out <laughs> oh
1: man shh, shh. <laughs> Speak. you'll speak it into truth be quiet
0: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well do you have anything else to say on Army of Darkness hmm Or Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. I keep calling it Army of Darkness.
1: (laughs) Army of the Dead Darkness.
0: Army of the Dead Darkness. Man, I'm gonna go to Chat GPT and put in write me a script for Army of the Dead Darkness. Yeah. And see what it pops out.
1: (laughs) It's it's not it's not that sophisticated yet to where like you could go up to Sam Raimi and be like, Hey, you could do this script. Like put put um what's his name? Uh, Evil Dead's protagonist. What's his name again? Uh, Ash. Ash. Yes. Yeah. Gosh. Sorry, Ash. I forgot you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Put Ash in this movie. Like rewrite this uh, Army of the Dead Darkness movie, except cast Ash as one of the main characters, and have Ash deal with zombies in in this world. So it would be like a, a reality bending event, like when you have uh, Deadpool coming yeah. into uh, other places and like things should, people should be getting killed, but like just hilarious stuff is happening, like different sight gags and things like that. So people would be experiencing like real intense stuff going on with them. And Ash would just be like slapstick, like getting punched around by zombies and whatnot. He'd <laughs> literally just bend the world to like his, his style. that'd be cool um but yeah nothing other than that
2: okay
0: yeah i um yeah i I think i've said my piece uh this is interesting um i don't know if i'll rewatch it to be honest um Mm -hmm. although i I, um there there's a not a high bar I, i i don't think that that says anything about the quality of the movie it's just I think it's it's one of those that once you've seen it, there's really no reason to rewatch it. Like, kind of like his sequel to, uh, or not his sequel, but his his version of Dawn of the Dead. Like, it's interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I don't know if I'll rewatch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I need to rewatch it, um, see what I think now. So far removed from the whole yeah. experience.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, uh, you know the book club book is Tokyo Vice. Um, I think Stuart and I will be talking about that in a couple weeks. But um, yeah, I guess stay stay frosty out there in the zombie wasteland. <laughs>
1: yeah, yep, helps slow them down. All right, guys. <laughs>